Please stand clear of the doors. Por favor, manténganse alejado de las puertas. While you're in sunny Florida, be sure to visit... Orlando! Enter into a world of epic adventure. Hello everyone, welcome to Orlando. This is Adam. Tonight I have three very special guests that are going to be joining us to talk about the D&D Open at DragonCon. Hello there. My name is Paige Lightman, and I've been running conventions in the Atlanta area for almost 20 years. As well, I uh, write D&D adventures, and I'm on a couple of different podcasts. I'd like to introduce my husband, Ben Heisler. Hi, I'm Ben Heisler. I have been also running conventions in the D&D area uh, for about five years. I am on the Feats and Fables podcast as Copper to Knob, the Tiefling Wizard. I am a author of multiple D&D uh, AL adventures and CCCs, including uh, 5-1, The Black Road, and 8-11, Poisoned Words. Uh, Paige and I have also written... Uh, a variety of CCCs in the Elmwood area, and I have also written for the Moonshays uh, most recently, ten two or ten three rather fortresses and fortunes. Uh, finally, we have both written for the Cyberpunk Red system uh, that has been a small run uh, organized play campaign that occurs at Gen Con and some other select cons. Uh, let me introduce to you, Sean. Hey everyone, I'm Sean Banerjee. I have been involved in conventions and meeting work and audiovisual for my professional career for the last uh, 10 years or so, and have uh, been helping with conventions and D&D related things for just about a year, uh, maybe a year and a half. I play D&D and a DM and I organize things and am really happy to be here. Thank you all very much for joining me. We are primarily a Warhammer podcast has been our main focus, but we are all uh, Dungeons and Dragons players. We are Adventures League novices, even though we've been playing D&D for a long time. But I've personally been to the uh, D&D Open two years in a row now and absolutely loved it. And uh, now we're, uh, we've recruited a, a fourth member to come with us this year. So we're, uh, our, all of our Orlando group will be represented with you guys this year. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going to be happening at the Open? Well, first, I want to thank you for coming for two years and for recruiting a fourth to join. Uh, it's super awesome to see the same group coming to DragonCon, same groups coming to DragonCon every year, uh, especially for our special events. This year, we have three special events. Uh, we have the Open, which we'll talk about in just a minute. We have the uh, Epic for Dream of the Red Wizards. Um, and on Thursday, we're doing a special charity event uh, that is Return to Ghost Tower of Inverness. Um, the Open, however, Forged in Fire is a really exciting look at next uh, the next storyline that will premiere actually a little after Dragon Con on September 17th um, that will have all kinds of exciting things to do about the Infernal Plains and demons and dark deals and other terrible things occurring. Um, it is, as every Open is, uh, set up for six players. Uh, and each of the characters uh, is has exciting and mysterious things going on with them. Uh, and it wouldn't be an open without some exciting and non non specific D and D related skills. We've had previous opens where we've had some uh, arrow shooting and some 
item other things like telling the shape of things in the bag or uh, stacking dice um, back when we were in Schultz. I, uh, I failed last... at the dice stacking when I was there. Well, you know, everybody needs to figure out what they're good at. And I, I, and I have a story to tell on Ben. He, uh, he actually won the game where you had to feel wooden letters in a bag and come up with a word at Origins for the Lost Temples of Lake Gluo, which was the open set in Chult. Oh, that's great. Congratulations. Yep. So, but there will be some cool stuff uh, that is away from the table that is uh, not normal D&D skills. Uh, and that we'll all come together for a scored event where we'll have a winner and we'll have some cool people dressed up and everybody should have a great time. That That is fantastic. Last year, the open was tied into the Dragon Heist release right yes that is correct yeah that was a lot of fun i loved you all had your uh water deep town guard that were going around and if a dm caught someone doing something that you would call the guards yeah exactly so uh ben ran our open for us last year but i was one of our GM, uh, dms for it and it was a lot of fun being able to to call our our wonderful city watch over to arrest and or find my players um, as well as some of the, uh, we didn't have dice stacking in the 2018 open, but we did have um, hide the hide the coin and some fan games going on, um, as in fold out fans. I still have and my fan. I do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they were a lot of fun. Um, I still take them to conventions because when it gets too hot, I can just cool off a bit. Oh, that's a good idea. I think Ben brings like two or three fans with him now. Uh, so I have a wooden fan that comes from a very, very long time ago, back when I played um, the Legend of the Five Rings organized play campaign, uh, which was Spirit of Bushido, um, and I had a character that uh, was a courtier and had a fan at all times, and that fan is just part of my kit all the time now. Um, I do have the fan from uh, running the Open last year, or they're playing the Open last year at both Origins and I'm trying to remember worlds I played. Oh, and at uh, GameholeCon, both of which are excellent conventions that I recommend that you go to as well. Uh, But they had the special Woods of the Coast specific um, fans that are branded and have a big gold dragon on them. The Open uh, is tied to the big release coming out next month, which is uh, Descent into the Abyss. Is that correct? Uh, it's Descent into Avernus. Descent into Avernus, yeah, which looks really fun. How much uh, involvement do you have from Wizards of the Coast when you're doing this? Um, so from a convention standpoint or from the open standpoint? Both. Oh, all right. Um, so from the open standpoint, uh, I'll talk about that, and then I'll let someone else take over. But from a convention standpoint, as for how Wizards supports us uh, with cool stuff, um, but, uh, so just like last year's open, um, introduced you to a lot of the themes and some of the key story points about Dragon Heist, um, this one will get into some of the key themes, introduce some NPCs that hopefully, uh, because I haven't seen the book, I was not on the playtest group for Descent into Avernus, but, um, uh, hopefully, we'll introduce some themes and characters and important stuff that you can learn about from there and just kind of whet your appetite for going headfirst into hell. Nice. So in the past, we have been extraordinarily fortunate uh, 
to work with Wizards of the Coast. And by that, I mean with the Adventures Lee admins. And they have supported us in the last few years with boatloads of books that we can give to our DMs, um, as well as things like the ability to run special content like the Open, like the Ghost Tower of Inverness. They've also gotten us premier adventures, so Dragon Con would be the first place that you could play certain content, which is always great. Plus, they have been uh, very generous with allowing us to create CCCs or cre convention-created content, which are special uh, adventures, league, legal adventures that are written specifically for Dragon Con. In the future, we hope to have more CCC events. I'm not, we're still working out what kind of stuff we're getting from Wizards of the Coast this year. That's, that's in flux. So I don't want to speak out of turn. The challenge with running a convention like Dragon Con is that Housing is super, super expensive at Dragon Con. Yeah. And it like really egregiously so, like compared to Gen Con, compared to Origins, compared to Gamehole Con, it's really crazy expensive. And because of that, uh, Dragon Con simply cannot provide rooms for our DMs like Origins and Gen Con and Gamehole Con can. So the one of the ways that we can incentivize DMs to come and work for us for a lot of hours is because Wizards of the Coast has so very generously uh, given us a whole bunch of books in the past. That is a great incentive. And then I also wanted to add, uh, though it's not from us, Wizards of the Coast benefit standpoint, um, all of the authors that we have for these special adventures have been really great at responding to questions. Um, so usually when uh, items like the Open and the Epic and things like that are released, uh, there's not a time for revisions and things like that uh, from one con to another. Um, but I just want to especially shout out to uh, James Tricasso and Sean Merwin, who are two of the three writers for this year's Open Forge and Fire, who have been really great at responding to messages to clarify things. And then also uh, Amy Zura has been working closely with us as far as the Epic. Um, and Elisa Teague has been great about answering questions uh, for Ghost Tower. So uh, just the support that we get from the community is great. And we're really thankful for it. I'm just overwhelmed by seeing how much love Dungeons and Dragons gets right now. And it seems like the community is just, just incredible. Have you seen a big broadening of the horizons recently? I mean, as far as you playing in the convention, how much has it grown over the last few years? So when we when we started Dragon Con five years ago, it was about 700 people, 500 people. I think in total, maybe. Yeah. Five to 700 people would be butts and seats. Might be the same people coming back three times, but five to 700 butts and seats. And this last year, it was between two and 3,000 butts and seats. Wow. Yeah. So we went from a team of like 20 or 30 DMs to a team of, Sh Sean, what do we have for DMs right now? 100 I, As you said that, I pulled up our number, which I am scrolling, uh, 154. Wow, 150. So that's our biggest DM staff yet since, uh, since we took it over. That's just incredible. Yeah, and, and part of that was uh, 
two years ago, we, we took a big chance and did something different. And it was something that had not ever been done in Atlanta at Dragon Con or any other con. We decided to run quick D&D demos, two-hour demos. Now, as you know, an Adventures League game is generally four hours. There are some now that run in two, but particularly a couple of years ago, most games were four hours. And at Dragon Con, you can either play D&D or talk to the entire cast of Firefly, or you can play <laughs> D&D, or you can listen to all the writers who put together Doctor Who for the last 10 years discussed modern feminist theory and how it has flourished in pop culture. You can play D&D, or you can go to some crazy, like, 501st Legion Wakanda Forever crossover cosplay event. Paige, you are making the rest of Dragon Con very appealing to me right now. It is I love Doctor Who and Firefly and yeah, Star Wars. Like, 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 I quit. I'm out, guys. Right. I'm going to go do those things. They sound amazing. You can't quit. I know where you live. Oh, that's uh, but that's... Uh, so, so there's all this crazy, awesome stuff going on at Dragon Con. And to spend four whole hours playing D&D is just a little much for some people. It's too much commitment. I'm, I'm so, having the opposite problem. I... I uh... Dragon Con's amazing here in Orlando. We have MegaCon, which is also a, sure, a great sure. con. It's not it, it it's it's a fraction of what Dragon Con is, but still, it's a great con. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm coming specifically for the D and D. And and relatively few people do. Hmm. And we love the ones that do, but relatively few people do. And so there was a lot of people who wanted to play D and D, but four hours just too much commitment. Hmm. So. Two years ago, we started what we called D&D On Demand. It was two-hour demos. And it was really funny because I was wrong because I, I said, nobody's going to want to do this. Like, I'm going to staff it with five or ten DMs, and they're going to be they're going to be just bored. And I remember you were there. You were there, like, doing, I'm going to do a sandwich board and walk outside, and I'm going to hand out a bunch of free tickets, and we're just going to we're gonna get the dregs, and nobody's going to show up other than these people with these free tickets, and we're just going to lose money on this left and right. Yeah, like, I, there's a famous picture of me wearing the sandwich board that says two-hour D&D demos and walking around in it. And I'm like, literally, I'm not going to be able to pay people to come down here and just screw around in D&D for two hours. And the Friday, not many people showed up. But Friday night, it was full. And I'm like, huh, okay, yeah, sure, that's interesting. Saturday morning, it was pretty full. And then Saturday afternoon, it looked like free iPhone day at the Apple store. Like, <laughs> we, like, it was crazy. There were, t people were lined up around, and we, they, there was not nearly enough DMs. Like, we were press-ganging people in the hallways to DM. Like there was this poor guy named Jason Ralston who was like, oh, I came down from New Jersey to go to Dragon Con, but I guess I could DM you want to. Excellent. Get in here, Bubba. We got your tickets. We're ready to go. And uh, and it really took off. And so last year we expanded the program. And this year we actually expanded the program again to the point where trying to get enough DMs to do up to 15 or so tables of it at a time for large portions of Saturday and Sunday. And I saw on Twitter that you um, were still looking for Dungeon Masters. Is that true? Yes, yes, for the two-hour games in particular. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, people love it. Like, we, it, there's two big groups 
of people, and this is not a scientific study, but this is just talking to people in line. But the two main groups of people we see are folks who are like, yeah, you know, I'm I'm 50 years old and my kids are in their teens and we're at Dragon Con and I haven't played D&D since second edition. And I just wanted to check in and see, see what the game is like. Is it still fun? I'm like, oh, dude, the last time you played was second edition. We've just got edition 2.5 out now. They call it five, but it's really 2.5 and it's amazing. Come play. And then the other group is uh, kind of a younger demographic that are like, yeah, we love Critical Role, but we've never played D&D. We wanted to try it out. I'm like, come on. So it is, this is the golden age of D&D. It really like, is. It's amazing. It's such an amazing time. But you're mentioning about uh, how much is actually going on at Dragon Con. It does seem like some of your dungeon masters do sacrifice a lot to commit that time. Do you have like a any kind of system you work out to, to swing each other out so that people can get to the panels they want to see? So each of our dungeon masters is given the opportunity to create their own schedule. Uh, so as we get ready for Dragon Con and, and myself, Ben Page, the rest of the um, organizing team, we all have the opportunity to create our own schedule as well. So I can take a look at the Dragon Con schedule and I know that I want to go to that uh, Doctor Who writers feminist panel that Paige mentioned and i know that that's you know saturday at two o'clock and i just make sure i don't schedule myself to dm or hq anything during that time right mm-hmm. um it's one of the reasons we reach out so early to all of our um to all of our dms and give them a chance to to really start building things and adjusting things and then once we get into august and pre-reg tickets go on sale we start adjusting things and whatnot but um Nobody is asked, nobody's like press ganged into DMing things during a specific time slot if that's not when they're available, except for that one guy that Paige kidnapped two years ago. <laughs> um, so you mentioned that there was a, other than the open, there was also an epic uh, going on. What is that? I have not talked in a while. Um, <laughs> so the epic is a um, special multi table event um, that is. Uh, going to be part, or rather the first epic of the Dream of the Red Wizard storyline. Um, and so there are, if I, somebody correct me if I'm wrong, but there's two adventures that happen before it and one happens after it. So there's a narrative through um, as to what's going on and how it makes sense for the story and all that stuff. Um, and so it is for tier two and tier three. Um, and the, uh, so it is Amy Zura's epic. Um, and she she is in control of it she wants me to play it so i have not read hardly anything about it i have prepared the files for print because that's part of my job and i have made sure that we have people uh all set up to run it but i know very little about it because i'm super excited to play it that's awesome yep uh amy zura and james intracasso both uh wrote it and we're really lucky to have amy coming down to help us run it um it was run I believe twice, if not more, at Gen Con. Um, and again, going back to how much the the AL admins support us, uh, Claire, uh, one of the resource managers for um, Adventures League, was adminning it there and sent us some notes and stuff. So it's really great to be part of this like kind of greater community that uh, we can all kind of learn from each other as we as we go. We haven't said the name because I have tried to block it out of my brain. It is uh, called Assault on Miss Nantar, hmm. uh, and is the first Dreams of the Red Wizards epic. 
I've been browsing the list of the uh, all the different uh, sessions that are available. I saw one that was called the Experience Track. Uh, what is that? Yeah, so Experience Track is one of the cool things that we're able to offer. Um, again, because of the growth, and I'm going to say because of how much work Ben and Paige have put in in the last five years, and the amazing growth that we've been able to have at DragonCon with our AL um, room, we actually have room enough now to to cordon off a little section and offer five tables of Experience Track AL, which uh, which comes down to this: is it's uh, a set of adventures chosen by the specific dm if, if you're looking at the dragon con gaming website you'll, you'll see that there's five different experience tracks each has a pair of initials after it mm-hmm. so those are our five different um experience track dms each one of them chooses the adventures they're passionate about running uh they create like a through line and then once you buy a single ticket to that you're locked into all five sessions and with the same players and the same DM in a quieter room with a little bit more of a VIP experience. So you get more of a um, focus on storytelling and role playing in a longer form than you would in like a two hour or a four hour, or in the case of the open, a eight hour adventure. If that makes sense. It does. It does. Great. It's a it's a bespoke luxury experience. <laughs> we also have a, a runner who goes and gets coffee and drinks and all that kind of stuff for you as well. Oh wow! It, like I said, it's in a special area that's much quieter, and uh, you have the same DM and the same people at your table, so you don't have to worry about mustering. You just show up, sit down, and play. It's uh, it's it's the luxury experience, and we only put our best DMs on it. And each DM goes kind of to the next level to make sure their content is uh, is gonna be something special. I am one of the experience track DMs, and I am running the three high level adventures from season eight, which is Moving Day, or pardon me, Change of Address, Agarian's Tower, and Moving Day. And then between change of address and Agarian's Tower, I'm going to slip in um, an adventure by Alan Patrick and kind of move it around with some DM empowerment to make it part of that storyline. So it'll be a special experience, and it's going to be 25 hours of tier four content that is sort of set up to be just the the ultimate experience. That sounds amazing. Yeah, I was going to out Paige if she didn't out herself. Uh, <laughs> We're very lucky to have her um, doing that. And I, if I'm, unless I'm crazy, I'm checking the website right now. Uh, I, I think I was, yeah, was going to say two there seats might left. Be one seat. Yeah. So our our experience tracks DMs this year are, and Sean, help me if I forget someone, uh, Ayana Jones, Elizabeth Banerjee, Sean's wife, who is also an incredible DM. What? Uh, yes, Jay Anderson. <laughs> who is from Knoxville, Tennessee. He's an AL author. He wrote The Map with No Names. I think he's written something else. He had been playing games forever. Just a fabulous DM, fabulous guy. And uh, Chris Zura, who is Amy Zura's husband, who is one of the better DMs that I know. He's just absolutely a delightful DM. So it's uh, it's really good fun. It's really good fun. So as of, as of recording this, there are two seats available on track EV which is uh, Elizabeth's track, Elizabeth Vanerjee's track, and one seat available at track PL, which is Paige's track, um, which is absolute insanity. But I think it's because we put initials and not full names. (laughs) Um, And the other three tracks are all sold out. So 
Um, oh, wow. I don't know. I don't know when this is going live, but once it does, uh, rush and see if there are tickets available and get on that. And it is nicely scheduled so that it is it does not conflict with the open or the epic. So if those are the things that you or the Thursday night charity event. So if you also want to be doing those things and never sleep or eat, then <laughs> you can. You can do experience track, open, epic, and charity. And uh, return to Ghost Towers of Inverness. Ben, did I say that one right? Uh, the Ghost Tower, but yes. Otherwise, yes. Cool. Um, and I think Jay Anderson also wrote um, some of the CCCs that we're doing, specifically Mind Zero One. He did. Which, he did. Um, Mind Trip, uh, which are also available throughout the weekend. It looks like there's a ton of really amazing games. What is the charity event? So this year, we are very lucky. Uh, normally, Thursday is our setup day, and we get in. Um, Pedro Ben will correct me. We get in a little later in the day. But this year, we were able to get in early in the morning, and gaming is going to open up uh, earlier on Thursday instead of just Friday morning. So we're able to do an 8 p.m. to midnight slot on Thursday night for the first time. And we figured since it's um, a little bit earlier in the con and it's the our first use of that time spot, we wanted to make it a little special and highlight it. So we're doing a charity event. All uh, DragonCon charities have to be, have to go towards the DragonCon charity partner, who we love, which is American Heart Association this year. Um, so we will we will be taking donations for American Heart Association and uh, auctioning off a few items. I want to shout out to Wormwood Gaming, who's giving us a dice vault, who very generously, and D and D Beyond, which is giving us a code for a legendary bundle, which is all of the adventures and source books currently available, plus a permanent 15% discount um, on all things that come out in the future on D&D Beyond. Uh, both of those companies are an amazing part of the community and have very generously donated those items. So we'll be auctioning those off on Thursday night, as well as a few other things that we can't talk about yet. And then playing this adventure that Ben can talk about, because he's actually dove into it a little bit more than I have. Uh, but again, it's a multi-table interactive, much like the Epic and the Open. Yeah, it's all a mystery what the actual game is going to be. No, it's an adventure called uh, Return to the Ghost Tower of Inverness, which is a um, spiritual sequel to a second edition adventure, which was the Ghost Tower of Inverness. Um, the Return of the Ghost Tower is a four-hour um, competitive event. Uh, similar to the Open, it has a set of pre-gen characters, so you don't show up with your character that has a bajillion magic items and you're competing against <laughs> someone who has none. Um, but uh, it's a competitive event. Um, it is returning uh, to the Ghost Tower of Inverness, where there's exciting things that happen. There's a lot of uh, challenging combats and puzzles and a need to use your brain and your dice and your character skills all together. Uh, on Thursday night, when everybody will be super fresh and uh, wide-eyed and bushy-tailed. So I look forward to the event. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and I hope that we have a lot of people that are really interested in our cherry items because otherwise I'm going to put a bunch of money into those raffles. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah the, me too. Those are uh, some great prizes. Um, yeah, and then you can also buy uh, re-rolls at the table. There'll be a jar in front of each DM, kind of as an Atlanta area tradition because we've done charity events at various game stores and things throughout. We will we'll probably have a little competition for the GMs, or the DMs, sorry. We're back in, we're back in D&D, right? So yeah. the Dungeon Masters um, who are whoever raises the most during their slot at their table, whoever does those kinds of things. We like to have a lot of fun with it. 
but I am super excited to be able to help an awesome cause and to be able to contribute. Um, and then also to, to, to bring uh, another extra slot of gaming. I think right now we have, because I'm still on this website, we have eight seats available to that. But if those eight seats sell out, um, I am fine with, we, can, we have room to expand on Thursday night. So, and how much are those uh, seats? Those are ten dollars. It's a regular. It's a it's a regular slot. Same as the same as the Epic. So generally speaking, it's ten dollars for four hours of gaming. There are a few exceptions to that, such as our author only slots, because uh, we have Greg Marks coming. Oh, to the... we hadn't even talked about Greg Marks. <laughs> yeah, no, we shouldn't. <laughs> we shouldn't talk about Greg. He has too much of an ego already. So, uh, no, no, Greg Marks. T- tell the audience about Greg. Yes, please. Greg Marks is one of our Adventures League admins, and through some generosity from the uh, from the community, uh, he is coming down to DragonCon this year uh, in an official admin capacity, and he will be running some of his author-only adventures, which are also available on the gaming site, although maybe sold out, but there may be more tickets available. Well, you know, mysteries, mysteries. Um, so that's a little bit more of a premium seat. That's a $20 four-hour slot, and he's running... Um, his author-only trilogy twice, once at Tier 2, once at Tier 3 throughout the weekend. And an author-only is an adventure that only the author can run. Wow, I sounded like an idiot saying that. <laughs> no, but, I, I was going to ask. I thought, yeah. like, oh, you have to be an author to play? No, no. So <laughs> the admins, because they are admins, uh, have the ability to write these adventures that, that you know, maybe break the rules, their own rules a little bit, um, that are a little bit more strange and fun um but they're the only ones that are allowed to run them because the way the rewards and everything works is very specific so they have to control them a little bit and then eventually sometimes they get cleaned up and published um i was privileged enough to play it at author only back at safe versus hunger uh with claire and it was a lot of fun and we're very excited to have greg coming down and running six slots for us um which is which is super amazing i think he's starting on friday night and going all the way through monday um Wow. But yeah, uh, as of right now on the website, those are sold out. But uh, I may know a person on the inside that may have an idea that more tickets might be released. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah. So I have a a very selfish question. And you guys can say no, absolutely. I'm a miniature painter. That's like uh, one of my favorite things to do. And I love bringing painted miniatures uh, when I come to play. Uh, Can you give a hint about the open, about what races and genders the paladins and uh, warlocks are going to be? Man, I was going to say, you should bring a paladin mini and a warlock mini and go from there. Um, I think anything past that might be giving up a little bit too much. I thought so, and that's why I uh, phrased it. but... But let me just put it this way. If I was going to be the kind of person that was going to make a warlock, what is the likely race that I would pick if I was going to be a evil warlock that everyone knew was evil by looking at me because of my horns? Hmm. I mean, because of my... It's Grung. You're definitely talking about Grung. Absolutely. 100% Grung. Yeah. Are you saying there's going to be goat people? Yeah, yeah, goat people. something, Something like that. Yeah, something something in that realm. 
is all I can say. Uh, message received. Thank you very much. I will I will get ready to start painting some some red horns. Uh, you guys did, and this is not about um, Dragon Con, but a little while ago, were any of you involved in that? Uh, there was a bar hopping D and D. Yes. Were Were all of you involved in that? So in the last in the trailing twelve months. There have been two of those events put on by our friends over at ATL D&D, who we love, who a bunch of them are DMing for us. Um, and for the first one, which was last October, if memory serves, all three of us um, were involved, and we did some DMing and writing for that. And then this last one in the f- in the spring, uh, Ben and I returned, and Paige abandoned us because you know she had real life things to do. <laughs> Yes, I was I was on sick leave, but uh, the ATL D&D folks are amazing. They run fabulous events, and the Atlanta D&D bar crawl is worth driving up from Florida for. It is so much fun. I had a, a friend that was in there, Matt, and uh, he loved it, and he was uh, posting me regular updates uh, while he was playing. It, was, it sounded like it was absolutely amazing, so I'm going to make sure I make it up there for the next one. Yes. I will say that on the uh, on the writing and GMing side, they're a lot of fun. They definitely give us um, they give us our leeway to do what we want as GMs. Ben and I have been on a writing team together for the last two, and it's I enjoy writing uh, adventures, and I've I've edited a little bit for Adventures League, and there's other stuff that might be coming out later that I still can't talk about, but. Um, uh, it is really fun to just be writing for a one-shot, again, kind of that author-only concept where I know that I'm going to be in control and going to be able to mess with people on these one-shot characters. And and then, and then also planning for the idea that, you know, we're starting at whatever, 10 a.m., and everyone's going to be maybe one drink in at 10 a.m. That sounds right. That and sounds then, right. <laughs> yeah, and then by like 6 to 7 when we wrap up, like I have to remember that the end of this has to be okay for people who've been in a bar crawl all day, and this is they're on the like sixth or seventh bar. Um, but <laughs> you know, adjustments need to be made, Adam. But yeah, no, those are a lot of fun, and we really enjoy doing them. Or I really enjoy doing them. I will not speak for Ben and Paige. That, so they're wonderful, and one reason why they're wonderful is because I love Adventures League. Ben and I have done a lot of writing for Adventures League. We love adventures league and it's so nice to write stuff that's not adventures league sometimes that's like, great take take all the rules and throw them away what advice do you have for people that are coming up there to play D before they get to you what are the things you wish you people would know i mean page page has some bottles of advice that i hear every year that is always great so my my biggest thing is Time is a thing, and time at Dragon Con doubly so. Uh, if you're going to play, don't be late. Be 10 minutes early. I thought you were going to do the showers and meals and hours of sleep thing. Um, shower <laughs> ben, would, ben, would you eat. Yeah, yeah, so it's the 621 rule, yeah. There it is, yeah. 621? Um, six showers? Six showers, uh, one hour of sleep, and two meals. That's right, right, Paige? Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. <laughs> uh, six hours of sleep, two meals, and one shower. Is that right, Paige? Yeah, every day. There you every go. day. Um, my big advice for people coming to Dragon Con in general is that Dragon Con, I think last year we, we got like somewhere between 80 and 90,000 people, right? Uh, for the Dragon Con as a whole, not like 
going outside of our Adventures League campaign RPG bubble. DragonCon is a city that moves into like a three-block radius of downtown Atlanta. And you're and much like living in any city on any particular night, you're going to have fun, but you're going to be missing at least a dozen other things, and that's totally okay. Um, I, I, my advice to my friends who come down here or come up here from various places out of town is to relax, enjoy yourself, and do not stress about your FOMO. Like, FOMO's got to be left at the door, otherwise you're going to go insane. Don't worry about missing out. When I went up last year, I had that the app, and I started just clicking on things that I wanted that sounded interesting and putting it in my calendar and then realizing I was like five deep at a time for every hour of all the different things that were happening at the same time. There's so much going on there. There's no way to not miss out on something. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I'm a huge Firefly fan and Doctor Who fan, which we, which we joked about earlier and the Brit track at Dragon Con does great things with Doctor Who and various other like, British uh, British TV shows, all of which I love. And I have a friend who, who goes to, like, everything. He's a Brit Trek, like, aficionado. They know him over there. And I also love Adventures League and D&D. And, and it always tears my heart a little bit that I'm missing out on, like, meeting Matt Smith or I think David Tennant's coming this year. And as much as I would love to meet David, David Tennant, I don't have – for myself, I'm not prioritizing standing for, like, six hours in a line to meet the guy. Um but everybody's got to make that choice for themselves, and that's just part of the part of the deal. The other advice I would give to people coming specifically to D and D—I mean, you had mentioned bringing minis and dice—is just watch your stuff. Um, again, it's a huge city of people crammed into a not very large area, and think about how much weight you're carrying around. Think about how much how uh, how much you're willing to part with those things if something um, if you were to forget them or if something more malicious were to happen, which I don't know happens that often, but two years ago on the last day, thankfully, uh, I, uh, I lost my pass. So you can't get in anywhere without that pass. Thankfully it happened. The last thing on my list to do was to go back to the vendor floor. So losing the pass probably saved me a lot of money in, in the long run, but someone had actually, uh, found my pass in the street and taken it all the way back to the lost and found for me and then tracked me down on Facebook. A complete stranger found me somehow on Facebook and uh, got in touch with me and, and got the pass back to me, which was, so yeah, there's, there's. That's yeah. very Dragon Con. That is yeah. very Dragon Con. It's, That's it's, a very Dragon Con moment. And I, I, I honestly love the community that Dragon Con uh, has built. And to be a small subsection of that is, is really cool. What you guys have done, but the last two years were amazing and I just cannot wait for this year. Any advice you'd have? Uh, it seems like Atlanta has a really big, successful D&D presence. And I feel like Orlando's, uh, when I go to just uh, check out Adventures League games, it seems like it's dwindled here a little bit. Uh, any advice on uh, for people here to try and rebuild it? I mean, the biggest thing about growing any community, uh, at least in my experience is to always be pushing like always be reaching out to folks always be posting on facebook on twitter on reddit on linkedin not linkedin haha i mean maybe linkedin shit why not <laughs> um, uh but i was gonna say instagram things like that like uh atlanta D &D, um has a huge presence on instagram with um taking pictures of and video of people having fun at tables and then being like don't you want to do this 
And people are like, yeah, yeah, I want to do that. That looks like fun. And then people show up. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's more to it than that. But, you know, it's being out there pushing. It's building the community. It's uh, giving adventures to DMs. It's, you know, cultivating your DMs and making everyone feel welcome at the table and they're having fun, um, which we've done i want to say we've done a really good job in atlanta of making sure that we cultivate dms and that we have a wide variety of people of all ages that are willing to tell stories and get in there and run adventures um and then also we've done a lot to make sure that we're cultivating a group of people that can feel that they can be their full authentic selves at any of our tables um and can explore and be genuine um whether they are you know, a straight white dude or someone who is NB or trans or intersex or gay lesbian or is a minority. Um, we all want to tell stories together and have fun together. And I think you build great communities by fostering that inclusive nature, by pounding the pavement um, and by just making a good and fun place. Yeah, I will 100% co-sign that as a, as a, uh, as a pansexual NB myself, um, the love and support and openness that I found in the Atlanta community was definitely a reason to keep coming back. Um, the other thing is that as a store organizer, uh, I organize a weekly game night on, uh, at, a, at a local store here, and um, it, do not try to do it alone. <laughs> uh, you can't do it alone. There's going to be a day when work gets you or something like that, so having a co-organizer is great. Having a community to, to, to lean on. Um, it's very easy to get into a mindset, and I have heard and seen it happen in other regions where my store is better than your store, or this group is better than that group. Um, and Atlanta, I don't see that. Uh, myself, um, Ben and Page, um, Austin Carpenter, Mark Buffington, who is also on our uh, on our DragonCon team, um, Sam Shoup, uh, Chris Holden. Uh, Jasper Mir, I'm forgetting people, but there's a ton of store organizers and game day organizers here in Atlanta, and we are all in the same group chat, and we're all supporting each other, and we're all uh, learning from each other's mistakes, and 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 we're right there with each other, which allows people, you know, if, if you move from one side of Atlanta to the other, you've just moved an hour and a half away from your game store. But if, you, if your game store organizer goes, well, don't worry about it, you can go over to Mark's store, and his store does great things, it's on Wednesday instead of Tuesday. Um, that kind of support, that kind of greater community has been has been uh, key to keeping keeping uh, AL and D and D alive. And the other thing that I would say is that stay focused on fun. Um, we all know that they're that the Adventures League and WotC are gonna are gonna hand down things from on high. And as much as I'm a huge fan of theirs, and as much as I'm a huge fan of the season eight rules, and I'm looking forward to the season nine rules. We know that 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 causes strife now and again, and um, but if the local community is focused on fun and less focused on um, uh, controversy and drama, we I found that you know you know, people will keep showing up to play. The average player doesn't really care if you're calling it XP or a milestone or an ACP or whatever. They they care about sitting down and pretending to be a grown warlock. So <laughs> very well put. Yeah. And I and I want to definitely weigh in on that as well. The um, We've all played really fun role-playing games with really terrible rules before. Mm -hmm. 
And it's not the rules that make the game fun. Like it's necessary, I guess, but it's the people in the story that make it fun. And as long as the people in the story are good, eh, rules will come and go. Very good advice too. Yeah. The rule of cool. Isn't that what they sometimes call it? Oh yeah. Always the rule of cool, the rule of cool and the rule of fun. Those two have got to, those two have got to be prevalent in every, in every community and at every game store. Um, and once you get a once you get that reputation out there that you're there to to facilitate open, accepting, fun gaming, you're gonna get people to show up regardless of what rule set you're you're using. Fantastic advice. You three have been amazing. Thank you very much for agreeing to come on to our show. Thank you very much for inviting us. We have uh... Thank you so much for coming up to Dragon Con. Oh. Yes. Yeah. Truly my most literal pleasure. Uh, I have a, we have a tradition on the show that we go out with, what do the orcs say when they're going to war? One, two, three. War! It has got a really good war. <laughs> this has been an episode of Warlando. I am Adam. You can reach me as Warlando77 on Twitter or just Warlando on Instagram. You can reach Mark on Twitter and Instagram with the handle of Warlando Mark. You can reach Nicholas on Twitter and Instagram with the handle of Warlando Nick. Please leave comments. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to support the show, go to the show notes and follow the link to Teespring and buy a t-shirt or to Ko-Fi and buy us a coffee or better yet, buy us a beer. And thank you very much for listening. it, use it, break it, fix it, trash it, change it, mail it, create it, charge it, point it, zoom it, press it, snap it, work it, quick, erase it, write it, cut it, paste it, save it, load it, check it, quick, rewrite it, <gasps> plug it, pay it, burn it, rip it, drag it, up it, zip, unzip it, lock it, fill it, curl it, bind it, view it, code it, jam it, unlock, oh, train wreck. I did pretty good. <laughs> that was great. <laughs>